We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcoming all listeners from around the world. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Happy Holidays. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Empowering listeners from the U.S. to the U.K. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me today live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. Super excited today. And when I say super excited, I truly mean it. And I haven't even begun to drink my Starbucks yet. And what's got me inspired is Mr. Jason Sherwood is here in the house with us today. Good morning, Jason. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Now, for those who should know, because we watch it all the time. Jason is a two-time Emmy award-winning designer and creative director. For those who may not know what that means, tell us, what, what, what is your career? Because some <laughs> people don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, My mother used to say that I designed fake houses for fake people um, when I was a set designer primarily for theater. But my work as a production designer and in creative direction is essentially to create um, stages or environments for live entertainment, which in the past has been, you know, the production design for last year's Oscars or the stage for the world tour for the Spice Girls two years ago or a world tour for Sam Smith. It could be a stage for a new musical or a new play. It could be the environment for Tyra Banks' new Model Land attraction that's launching in LA. Uh, it sort of runs the gamut of um, physical spaces, environments, uh, visuals, and ideas for live performance or live entertainment. You won your first Emmy production designing for Rent on Fox. And what's been life like been like since then? And I remember that production. <laughs> It uh, it was such a wild thing getting to be a part of Rent. You know, I grew up close to the city and we would we would go into the city to see musicals. And that's sort of how I caught the itch or caught the bug. And I loved Rent from a young age. It was certainly important to me as a, as a young gay person, sort of seeing that story, watching that story. And so by the time the opportunity sort of came my way, very roundabout um, sort of fashion to have a meeting with Michael Greif, the director of Rent on Broadway originally and the director of Rent Live on Fox. Uh, I was 
off book. I knew every word. I knew every lyric. I had seen it, you know, whatever, a dozen times. I'd seen the film. And uh, friends of mine had been in the show. And and so it was really sort of a beautiful full circle moment. And Rent Live was my first full proper production design on television. I had done some performances, one-offs here and there on The Late Late Show and on Ellen and on Saturday Night Live for Sam Smith. But I had never really production designed a whole two to three hour show um, by myself. And so I was, you know, 29. It was a couple of years ago. And we had six months to pull it off. And it was a complete it was a complete dream project in every way. My whole family got to be there. It was a really, really special ride. And then since then, you know, that that opportunity and and, you know, our team being awarded an Emmy for our work and it's opened up a lot of really fun opportunities as far as branching out into television. It certainly led to my chance to work on the Oscars last year. And it's, you know, it's been a really, it's been a really beautiful, a really beautiful part of the ride. And I think what I loved about Rent and what I love about a lot of the projects I'm a part of is they sort of merge a series of interests. They are, you know, Rent is sort of a musical. It's sort of a rock show. The way we staged it was sort of an immersive music event. So it sort of comes with all these multi-hyphenates in a way that, makes it really fun to be a part of and makes it hopefully really fun for the audience to um, participate in. There is a clip here. If you'd like me to play it, uh, it's from the variety special when you were receiving the award. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Let's take a listen here. Thank you so much for this incredible honor. 14 years ago, I was a musical theater obsessed teenager and I told my parents that I wanted to be a set designer and they were terrified. But my parents were also the people who used to take me out of school to go to Wednesday matinees and Broadway shows, so this is basically all their fault. <laughs> In fact, anything that's good or true or beautiful that's ever happened to me is my parents' fault and I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for this beautiful life. When I was hired to design Rent, I had never production designed a television show before, so thank you to this beautiful family for taking a chance on me. To the late, great Jonathan Larson, the entire team at Fox, Mark Platt, Adam Siegel, my love, Julie Larson, my genius friends, Michael Greig, Sonia Tai, Alex Rosinski, Angela Wendt, Al Gurdon, Stephen Remus, Greg Sills, Kenneth Throne, and our entire cast, many of whom are here tonight. Thank you for this gift. Allison Schwartz and Jack Tantler, thank you. Most of all, thank you to an incredible arts department, chief among them, these two men here, who made this entire show possible. You are powerful on stage while watching that again. Man. Thank you. I was so nervous. <laughs> you did not come across it whatsoever. The Thank you. Confidence, the fire that exuberates out of you is, it's remarkable in a very subtle yet compassionate and an endearing way. And I mean that with, an abundant amount of love and respect because you really are, um, I would say, prodigy. And I really oh, don't God. believe, seriously, who on earth, take a look at your Instagram, Google you. You Once again, you may be very subtle or you're, you are very subtle and humble, yet the, the level and the excellence that you bring um, goes without force. It's not... Um, staged it's not manufactured to watch that video you look seven feet tall to me <laughs> you know i am about six foot six in reality so that it does help a, in a little bit <laughs> but i i appreciate you saying that you know i 
that night in particular at the Emmy Awards um, was so special. I, I took my parents with me and, you know, they, like I said, took me out of school to see matinees of Broadway shows. They were so wonderful, but they were scared when I said, hey, you know, I want to go to NYU. I want to be an artist. I want to, you know, pursue set design. It sounded very foreign to two people who worked their entire lives in very, very legitimate business professions to provide a life for us, um, for me and my siblings. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to get to say, you know, hey, I did all right. And I thank you so much for, you know, the, the support and the love you gave me along the way. And on top of the fact that I sort of, um, I love to chat with folks, but I hate public speaking. So when you're, when you're sitting there and your category comes up, and mine was one of the last ones. So we'd been there for hours and you're sweating to death in your tuxedo. Uh, and the, by the time you, they say, hey, you won or you didn't win, you have a lot of adrenaline in you. And then you have to stand up in front of whatever, a thousand people or whatever it is and talk. And it's just it was a little nerve wracking. But it was a beautiful night. And, and, and you know, I, I take what I do very seriously because I think that to, to do something you're passionate about every day is a privilege. Um, and certainly I'm very privileged to do that every day and and to 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 give it anything less than my absolute best, um, which isn't just to sort of work relentlessly at it, but also to enjoy it and appreciate it and have fun. Um, I, I think that the projects that I'm most proud of are ones that sort of spoke to something personal, rent certainly an identity sense, a sense of childhood, a sense of of, of my past and, and love for musical theater, but also that every person on that project really came to it with a lot of love and a lot of care. And we laughed our butts off on that show. And I have so many fond memories of it. And you form these little families. And those are the those are the experiences that I mean, if they're ever going to give you a gold paperweight for it, you hope that it's one of those because they, you know, you want the love to come across in what we make. We're trying to entertain people. We're trying to move people, build empathy, tell a story. And if, if the care that's taken in making those things comes across, then, you know, that's the win. A post dated back on January 26, 2019, you wrote, this made me cry. Thank you to this beautiful cast for their generosity and talent and making the space I designed for them feel like home. I can't wait to share it with you all tomorrow. Who's going through your mind back then when you posted this video and on Instagram? Yeah, that, so that was, I guess the night before we, you know, we aired the show and it was such an interesting experience because the, the cast was a mix of folks who, you know, had been in those in those live TV realms before and not a mix of sort of people of different notoriety and not. And because Rent is an ensemble show, it was just, it was a sort of blurry magic. You know, they had arrived on set uh, after only having seen photos and a model and they just took to it so beautifully. And they were so appreciative of how hard we had worked to make it feel authentic and to make it feel real and personal to them. And um and then to be sort of standing there in the middle of that room with that about to happen, it just, it felt very much like, um, like one of those dream come true moments. And, and I've had a, a handful of those and I've been lucky to have a handful of those at a really young age. And that was one that I'll sort of never forget. I, I take a little video on my phone just for myself, uh, a little selfie video when I'm standing in the middle of, a space right before it becomes real. So I've done that with the first performance of Sam Smith's world tour as 25,000 people are ushering into a room. 
at the Spice Girls at Wembley with my 10 best friends when 90,000 people are standing around us. And it's the same every time I just take a little video of me sort of smiling and looking around the room. And I just say to the video, I say, remember this, Jason. And I did that with Rent. And uh, it's just I, I often sort of have to remind myself of, um, you know, how lucky I've been to to be in these rooms and to work with these artists and to learn from them. And I in that moment, I was just so appreciative of all of the people, the cast especially, who would come together to make that such a beautiful experience. And it almost didn't matter, you know, if people liked it or how it was critically received. It was that we were together as a little show family, very, very proud of what we made. The video you posted, Jason, on Instagram, that is a testimonial video, correct? Yes, that video is the cast talking about their first moments walking onto the stage. And they sort of, you know, uh, how how excited it made them because until that moment, <clears throat> you know, they walk into this huge warehouse and there's scaffolding and all the environments and all the different all the different setups waiting for them and their props and their and then they get their costumes the next day and <clears throat> they uh, they had been in a rehearsal studio so it's tape on the floor and it's dance mirrors and so there's it's a big leap as far as making the show feel real for them so it's a it's a pretty special moment for all of us when they first arrive on set. I would like to take a listen to that moment. Would you like to as well? Sure. Oh my gosh, seeing the set for the first time is, it's very overwhelming, to be honest. And on this scale, too, I feel like it's going to be something people have never seen before. It's going to surprise everyone. From our very first meetings and my first conversations with Michael Greif and Mark Platt, we knew we wanted to create an environmental immersive experience for the show. We walked onto the set for the very first time. I was just completely shocked with the idea of how the design team was able to even make that happen so quick. It's so fun. There's mosh pits. Feels like a Beyonce concert. It felt what I hoped that it would feel like. A lot of scaffolding, a lot of metal, very industrial. I'm really just feeling the energy of the space. I mean, it really puts me in the mind frame of expanding my performance. You know, if you've done it right, they're excited and they were climbing all over it and dancing all over it. And it was just the most satisfying and fulfilling part of this entire process. I didn't hear. Oh, my gosh. How do you feel hearing that now? It's wild. It brings back a lot of really fond memories. And, uh, you know, I I think in any project, there's sort of uh, a moment that sticks out that first day, which is shown in that clip on my Instagram, was a package that that Fox put together about the design. Um, I remember that day they, you know, they all came in and there's, you know, 40 of them or however many in the cast and there's a lot of hugs. And then they all just sort of started milling about and I just sort of stood back and watched and was so grateful for how much they appreciated it. You know, that you can't, you can't make a television show or a play or a musical with just a set, right? You have to have people arrive and live in the places that we make for them. And if they arrive and they're, they aren't excited or there doesn't seem to be an authenticity born inside of it, then you've missed the mark. And so it's always with a writer and with a cast where you really, really feel that the world you've made physically for them is the world that they were dreaming up in their writing and their performance. And, uh, you know, it takes me back to a really special time. Those were, um, those were kind of the best days. What's been your most proudest moment you've ever had personally and professionally, Jason? I would say um, that that Emmys weekend with my folks was was up there, but it's not really the ceremony itself. The um, 
my parents both worked very, very hard for a very long time. And uh, like I said, gave gave me and my sisters a very beautiful life. And so to have them come to Los Angeles and where we had never been together before. And we the morning of the morning of the Emmy Awards, we had brunch with two of my dearest friends and one of my cousins and to just sort of sit at a table with them and say thank you for, you know, whatever would happen that day, win or lose or whatever, to say thank you. And then to have my mom go put on a beautiful dress and my dad and I to put on tuxes and, and to go be a part of that and to show them, you know, that, that care and that hard work was worth it. That that's definitely the proudest thing because it's quantifiable um, for them. And it's, uh, and I was able to share it with them uh, at a young age while they're still with me. And, and all of that family is an integral part of, um, sort of how I how I live and how I, how I build my life and so it was very very special to um, and then to to leave the show afterward and and be at the party with them and then leave and go home to my very best friend in the world and for he and I to order chicken fingers at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> like just the whole sort of the whole bookend of it um, felt very personal uh, in addition to it being a professional achievement just a wonderful personal day. What would be important for you when leaving your legacy to be remembered by hopefully the way the way that i um take care of other people and and care for them um i think that in in most professional settings especially when i feel like the work is really good i feel like i have been a part of a team that's been really meaningful and real and and has taken a lot of care for each other on the oscars last year um lynette howell taylor and stephanie elaine produced that show and i didn't know them from adam when we began and and we formed such a lovely friendship through working on that project and it's not to say that every colleague or artist you encounter becomes your best friend but there is a warmth and um and a, and a leadership and a camaraderie that those two especially showed on that project and i hope that i uh whenever i lead a room or lead a team sort of bring the care and the and the respect and the nuance and the um and the kindness to the process that they did i think that uh entertainment is a it's a it's a busy business <laughs> and people have bottom lines and people have really intense schedules and we work long hours sometimes but i think that there um are a lot of opportunities to engage with people on a very like empathetic and human level and i my longest uh, collaborator is um my associate connor who i went to college with and who has been a friend for a long time and uh, maybe this is our 10th year of knowing each other and we you know, he works with me every day and and knowing that our relationship is one where we care about each other's families and each other's partners and and also do great work together. Like that's a valuable part of the process to me that is as important to me as, um, you know, meeting that deadline or making sure we pick the perfect fabric swatch. It's 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 a relevant part of the experience. I got into theater because I thought theater people were lovely and fascinating and 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 wonderful to be around and welcoming and accepting and that sense of of community is something that I hope I um partake in and I hope that you know whatever a legacy means I hope people um think fondly of our collaborative experience and remember them as you know warm and personal and fun as silly as that sounds it, it's <laughs> it's a it's a top value for me it really is before unfolding all of these incredibly enormous 
magical moments. How does the process begin with you? You know, it's an interesting thing. I like to say that um, my studio space is this is this big white room in Midtown Manhattan, and I sit at this big white table, and there are desks and computers along one side of the room and a couch on the other side of the room, and it's a very blank slate because I try not to become too obsessed with um, you know, the things that really, really inspire me in a general sense. And so that when I sit down with something new, whether it's an album for an artist or, or a play, that, that something that I can attach myself to something in it that feels um, like a part of me as well. So it becomes personal immediately. Some folks as designers who do beautiful, nuanced, detail work spend a lot of time in, in research land. If I, get, if I get a play on my desk that I'm going to design and it takes place in New York in the 1920s, some people immediately want to understand what that looked like for real. And I think that as a young person, as a person who lives today, I want to read that and understand what sort of the emotional landscape of it is. And so the way I typically begin is by spending a, a, a good chunk of time with the words or the text or the music and, and getting to a face-to-face -face moment with whoever my creative sort of um, ballast is going to be on that project. So you know, Sam Smith and I, when we worked on their project, sat down together for lunch and then sat down in the recording studio in London and listened through all the music. And Sam spoke about it so beautifully and spoke about sort of the emotional backing of it. And that and getting to know the music and getting to know the artists behind it are the two ways that I sort of uh, sort of are am able to sort of tether myself to it and begin a process. Um, and certainly, there, you know, a project can come with research or a project can come with, you know, seeking reference images to sort of find um, what would have been the standard at a certain period and then subverting it. But for me, I really, I really need to find a way to be turned on um, by it, either emotionally or in some kind of, uh, in some kind of energy sense around it. I just need to be I need to be excited about some possibility within. For some things, it's it's just the scale, the absolute madness of pulling it off that can be that that bit of energy solving that puzzle. And so I, I allow sort of impulse to lead the day at the beginning, and then I and then I supplement as I go. But I in in a lot of cases, sort of where my mind goes at the beginning. I can trace that seed of a thing to what the end product is in almost a straight line. The way you teleport the audience in your designs, and I feel to call them designs is, is not large enough for someone like you. It's like you came into this timeline, this dimension at one time in a life being a physicist or if I'm saying that correctly, <laughs> oh, a scientist, like you, you, you do more than just create. I'm looking for, I'm looking at this, I'm looking for the most appropriate term of what you do. It's just, it really is beyond staging. This, this is something that is an innate gift that truly is inside of you that you are creating ships, space, um, galaxies. Like this is larger than life content here. And I really hope when people get to know you more and to see your, your creativity and go into your Instagram and your, your webpage, uh, 
you know, your website, Jason, that it's still moving just by a photo, not even being there live. The, the idea to be there live, you don't even need a cocktail. You just know how to, <laughs> you know, to, we always recommend a cocktail though. Cocktail's never a bad idea. <laughs> always a good idea. <laughs> well, then the transportation and journey is just going to be even more euphoric because that's what you create here. It's euphoria. Thank you. Thank you. I think the best thing about, especially beginning with a life in the theater as a designer is that often, you know, we're, we're sitting in an audience or we're, or we're looking at a stage and sometimes the order is to create the perfect, completely naturalistic hotel room. But more often than not, a play could benefit from or, or seek a solution in its visual design that says, okay, the people in the hotel room are feeling suffocated. They're feeling trapped, right? And they can't escape whatever their emotional circumstances are. And so there are ways to sort of impact the design that just that give that feeling a physicality, right? You drop the ceiling so low so it just hovers above their heads and feels like this weight this pressure above them there are these this sort of psychology of space that we get to explore as production designers is so satisfying to me and then sometimes it can just be purely epic and mythic i mean the design for sam's tour is very very abstractly based off the idea of a lighthouse and a moon behind it but it doesn't at all look like a moon it doesn't at all look like a lighthouse it looks like a symbol and and certainly the the triangular symbol is a is a riff on uh the sort of um icon for homosexuality it, it speaks to queerness certainly there there are references there within but to to absolve ourselves of having to create something that looks like a real place or a place you've seen before is one of the most satisfying parts because it, there's an escapism in it and and it can feel just like that strange cathartic emotional lift that we get only when we're listening to music or or watching performance it's not the same as being at home and watching a film it's there's something about that communion between a live performance and an audience in the room that just cannot be bottled where you hit the box of nails through the board with one hammer swing, Jason, is that's a fact. And the reason why is it's timeless. And because it's timeless is because eventually that stage, that design is going to transform into something else. It could be disassembled. Like it's not there permanently, which makes it even more magical. And um, Entirely, entirely. I always joke that we're luxury dealers in ephemerality because it just, it goes away. You know, even a show that's been there a long time, you think of a musical Phantom of the Opera, the cast changes, the audience changes. The show might look the same every night, but it has an alchemy that adjusts. And and I think the best things in life are things that are, are impermanent because we have to appreciate them and then remember them and the, and the way they live on in our memory is even more special. It's, it's what I love about, about being a part of live performances, that ephemerality. During the climate, that we're all experiencing, what have you found or have you found something bigger, grander, even more profound about who you are personally and professionally and create creatively um, in this time of solitude and reflection? You know, it's been such an interesting time because uh, sort of COVID shutdown landed just a few weeks after I got home from doing the Oscars, which was the Oscars in production design 
in the production design profession is a real is a real uh, gold star job. It's up there with the Olympics or the Super Bowl halftime show. It just has a scale and a and an audience that's really that's really large and and meaningful. And so I came back and and it's been a very busy time. And, and there's a lot of travel. I I, I saw a, a post of mine from a couple of two years ago that said you know, returning home after 300 and something days away from the city and traveling that much is tiring and you, and you miss out on certain personal events, things with your family, graduations and weddings and whatnot. Um, my best friend got married last year and I, I was in rehearsal in Nashville with Sarah Bareilles doing, doing her, um, North American tour. And I, and I wouldn't change those decisions for the world. That was a project that I you know, had wanted to be a part of and and I love Sarah and it was and it was meaningful. But there are sacrifices. And I think that this COVID time has um allowed a certain quietness that I haven't had in my adult life. And what what it's born is ultimately an appreciation for the life I get to live in in the before times or whatever we'll call it. But it's also allowed me to say, well, where does all of this sort of creative energy point itself when creating a stage for a live performance isn't an option? And, you know, that's manifested and is manifesting in some really exciting ways. I'm writing and uh, co-writing and illustrating a children's book, and I'm uh, writing and uh, shopping a television project, a series project that I've written and created. And there's there's sort of fun, different avenues, ways of expressing the the kind of world building creativity that I normally get to do with people and sort of pointing it in different directions and seeing what might stick. You know, there are certainly design projects and production design projects that I've been a part of during COVID and that I'll continue to be a part of. But I think um, this time has sort of maybe reminded me that uh, working with a group of artists and making a world and telling a story uh, those are principles that can be sort of applied to a, a variety of mediums and expressing that isn't sort of a vocational uh, endeavor for me. It's not, Oh, I need to do this because I, I, this is my profession. It's, I, this is what I want to do. This is how I, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what, this is what sort of turns me on. This is what stirs my soul. And so to get to start to point that creativity at, um, at some other targets has been really fun. And, uh, you know, obviously the world is on fire and, and being a part of uh, actionable adjustments and the awakening, becoming awake uh, in the entertainment industry as far as the injustices, particularly to our fellow BIPOC artists is a huge part of the consideration. How do I re-enter an entertainment industry uh, from which I've profited from a privileged bias as a white person, as a man, as a gay person, and how do I then uh, seek to sort of advocate for other people who matter to me, other people whose whose lives and work and and hearts I respect, and that's a it's a very time consuming thing to really really do that work with yourself and with your colleagues, with your friends, with people who you trust to have those conversations with to say, well, what are we going to do? when we're able to work again? How are we going to advocate for racial and gender parity on creative teams and create opportunity for people? So I would say in a sentence, you know, it's been a really interesting time because it's allowed me to open myself up creatively and expand my own understanding personally of the world that I live in and why I live in it that way. And to perhaps move forward in a way that looks very similar to the way things were before, but acts very differently. Do you believe the future is looking better with much more hope and perseverance 
in our industry? Or do you feel that we still have a lot more of running through the mud that we have to do? I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of actionable steps that need to be taken to make um, the entertainment industry a completely fair and equitable one for, um, especially for BIPOC folks to exist in. Uh, I think that in a, in a smaller way, I, you know, I was on a shoot in September in, in Nashville. Uh, I'm meant to shoot a television show in just a couple months. I have experienced a softer sort of more generous, more empathetic side to people in this time that I think could yield some interesting results if everyone's willing to do the work just from a um, purely from a, you know, treating each other well capacity. I think um, certainly this time of reckoning and and this pandemic has opened up um, through a variety of things and certainly chief among them is the Black Lives Matter movement, more opportunities for more voices to tell stories we haven't heard before. And, you know, making space for those stories to be told, I think, is an exciting thing. So hopeful, yes. Uh, and and hopefully um, that future is one that, you know, stands to represent the world we live in um, with a little more integrity. Any words of encouragement that you would like to close with at all, Jason? I think, you know, the the beautiful, I, I talk about this all the time, the beautiful thing about what I get to do about any sort of worthwhile endeavor is the community within it, right? I think that, you know, no one person gets a gets an amazing thing done by themselves. It takes, it takes a, a community of people, a family of people. And I think, you know, with this election and moving forward and this pandemic and, and vaccination be, uh, rollouts beginning, I think what we see are huge combined coordinated beautiful collaborative efforts and i am i think when people come to things with that spirit you know the the best things can be achieved and i and i hope to see um a lot of people thinking that way as we move into whatever the after times are <laughs> who would you like to give a shout out to oh my god my mom always <laughs> cindy sherwood <laughs> in Na- in naples florida hopefully inside and wearing her mask if she leaves please be careful mom oh well i will keep her in prayer and positive thoughts and thank you Stephen. you are very welcome and thank you for being with us today live on air with Stephen quoco on power 98.5 and i'd like to give a shout out to huss Raget productions for making an incredibly uh i don't know how do i, I was going to call it adorable i'm like is it adorable but the christmas drop that huss made i want to thank you so much for that added addition before this year's end you did very well jason um i'm looking forward to being able to have that cocktail with you and (laughs) yes would you like to share any important uh drops of your website your instagram where do you believe people would get the best of you and about you? I use, I use Instagram as a way to sort of keep folks updated about the stuff I'm working on or the things I get to be a part of. Um, and I'm just on Instagram at, at Jason Sherwood design. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jason. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. Hold the line and thank you everyone for joining Jason Sherwood and I, Today, live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. Thank you to Huss Raget Productions for the incredible Christmas music drop. And we'll be back.
Find us on your socials and let's connect.